Thanks, Craig. Kia ora koutou. Uh, lovely to be here. Um, we're on uh, holiday, uh, my family and I. My wife, in particular, loves to be warm, and so we decided to come to the warmest and sunniest part of the country. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice to see some familiar faces uh, here. Uh, as Craig mentioned, I do have several hats, but I've only got one head. Let's, let's start with three hats that I wear. Joseph, you can put that slide up. As, um, thanks, Joseph. As Craig mentioned, I am part of Springs Community Church, which is a church plant uh, in between Christchurch and Ashburton, and we're delighted to be involved there. Uh, it's joyful, chaotic, and fragile, and Penny Keast, who some of you know, has been part of that until ooh, last six months or so when we um, commended and commissioned her to missionary work in Central Asia. And if you receive her newsletters, uh, I hope you're encouraged as we are in God working in her and through her with Russian-speaking peoples. Got to meet Penny through my work with TSCF, the Tertiary Students Christian Fellowship, which is a New Zealand mission agency, uh, helping university students and polytechnic students uh, train Christian students to reach out to their peers with the good news about Jesus. And I've got a few booklets about that if you're interested in finding out more, particularly maybe if you know or yourself are going off to university next month. Uh, Mission groups in every university and many polytechnics across the country. And the third area of kind of work hat stuff, I suppose, is Triple CNZ, which is the Christian Community Churches in New Zealand, a service trust trying to network and resource and encourage uh, churches across the south, my roles across the South Island, churches that uh, have an open brethren uh, heritage, uh, which is where Springs Community Church fits in, where one, um, where I'm one of the elders. So, as well as sending Penny from Springs Community Church to Central Asia, we're sending a family from Springs Community Church to Central Otago. They're coming here to Alex at the end of the month. A family of uh, four, with one child being born at some point this month, and uh, I'm. I mean, they, they live over our back fence at home. We're going to miss them as neighbours, particularly going to miss them in a small church plant, but we're delighted to commend them to you. We're trying to push them your way. Uh, so look out for the Watson Fano um, later this month. Um, the husband and the family is taking up a job at Dunstan High. I've got that name right, haven't I? That's the local school, Dunstan High. Good. Suddenly worried I might have that wrong. But enough about me. Let me pose you a question. And this is not a rhetorical question. Hello, darkness, my old friend. That's the opening line of which song? Sound of Silence. Very good. Bonus points. When was Sound of Silence released to the world? Yeah, it's 60 years ago this year. So if you remember it being released originally, you're older than I am, and you've been listening to that song for 60 years. The Sound of Silence from Simon and Garfunkel. It's originally released 60 years ago. And it's about the silence that accompanies darkness and pain. Craig Ashby had half volunteered to sing us your own version, Craig, of Sound of Silence. So if you're interested in Craig's version of Sound of Silence, do ask him that later on. (laughs) Two months tomorrow, there's an American heavy metal band called Disturbed. And they play a gig in Auckland as part of their world tour. Their biggest song, by far, is their cover of Sound of Silence, which has been viewed 957 million times on YouTube, with 217,524 comments. Clearly, pain and suffering resonates all too well with too many people. And we've mentioned that already today. 
Darkness, pain, suffering, silence is an all-too-present reality in life. The Psalms are a fantastic collection of songs of God's Old Testament people that they sang. The Psalms are honest with a whole range of human emotions. In many Psalms, in the end, God and his people win, which is fantastic. But there are two out of 150 that end in bleakness. Psalm 39 and Psalm 88. Psalm 88 is where we're going to be today. So if you have a Bible, uh, a paper Bible or a Bible on your phone, do turn to Psalm 88. And Ian is kindly going to read Psalm 88 for us. As we hear God's words, we hear and feel the darkness. As along with the psalmist, we say, hello, darkness, my old friend. Thanks, Ian. O Lord God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day, I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer, listen to my cry, for my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and I, like a corpse in the grave, I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg you for, I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my hands to your, for your mercy. Are you wonderful? Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Just need to turn my page. Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep my pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I have been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralysed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. Thanks, Ian. Hello, darkness, my old friend. No hope, nothing refreshing. We need to pray again. Lord God, this psalm is cold and dark. We acknowledge that too often darkness is our friend. We find it hard to handle both the darkness of life and this psalm. We thank you for the whole emotional range in the psalms, but we confess that we do find Psalm 88 hard to stomach. May your spirit illumine and enlighten us and send us to Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. So why, why would God put this ugly, depressive, and utterly hopeless psalm in the Bible? Why doesn't the psalmist find peace and refuge and comfort at the end of this psalm, like in so many other psalms? Because sometimes life feels like that. Sometimes all we can say is, hello darkness, my old friend. 
Sometimes darkness is not only with us, but is an old friend, a constant companion. To use the words of verse 18, sometimes darkness is our closest friend. Author and pastor Tim Keller tells of the story of Joseph and Mary Lou Bailey, who endured pain beyond what I think I could bear. They were Christians, happily married. They had three sons and a daughter. Very sadly, though, over a period of seven years, three of their four children died in various ways. Joseph wrote a prayer after the death of his teenage son, Joe. Here is part of the prayer. Leave me alone, Lord. You've taken from me. I cannot see such waste that you should take what poor men need. You have a heaven full of treasure. Could you not wait to exercise your claim on this? Lord, you are spoiler of my treasure. Have mercy, Lord. Here is my quit claim. Quit claim. Can you relate to that? Now, I'm an outsider here. I know a few people in the room, but most I don't. In a room of this size, though, it's inevitable that there is much pain and suffering. We hide our pain and suffering behind our usual polite lies. How are you? Fine, thank you. But to be human is to suffer. I expect some here have experienced the death of a child, or a parent, or a spouse, or suffered rape, or seen rape tear apart a child or a friend, or suffered physical impairment, or had a job taken away, or been wrongfully abused. Psalm 88 and also Psalm 39 are psalms for the bad times. There are many psalms that teach us how to praise God in the good times, and that's what many people think of when we think of the psalms. They think of praising, but there are just as many psalms that teach us about relating to God in the bad times as well. So if you have Psalm 88 in front of you, we'll walk through that, and then we'll see how that relates to us today. So if you see Psalm 88 on your phone um, or paper Bible, that will be, uh, be a help. So far, Psalm 88, verse 1 to 2. Thanks, Joseph. Verse 1 to 2 is a cry of distress. This psalm is addressed to God. Despite being an overwhelming, despairing psalm, it is a prayer. It is talking to God. But the psalmist quickly moves on. Verse 3 to 5 is the psalmist's troubles. Look at this list in verse 3 to 5. What a list of troubles he has. There are images of death everywhere. Grave, pit, dead, slain. Grave, cut off. The psalmist isn't dead, but uses images of death to illustrate how serious his situation is. Verse 6 to 9 is all about God bringing the pain. God is the source of these problems, the psalmist alleges. Look with me at these verses in verse 6. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Verse 7, your wrath lies heavily upon me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. Verse 8, you have taken me from my closest friends. God is responsible for the pain here. God has even taken away the psalmist's friends. There is no one he can turn to, which he repeats in verse 18. His eyes in verse 9 are dimmed with grief. He calls out to God in a seemingly futile attempt to get God to listen, verse 9. As a result of this, the psalmist turns in verse 10 to 12 to his questions for God. His questions for God. There's so many questions here. 
Four questions, all a variation on the theme that the dead do not, in fact, the dead cannot praise God. Each question here mentions the dead. Here is the assumption that praising God and testifying about his goodness needs life. The psalmist is in so much pain and suffering that he cannot praise God. Even if he wants to, he cannot do so at present. Then in verse 13 to 18, the darkness continues. There are further cries of distress and affliction. He speaks of God rejecting him, of his being rejected and dying from his youth, verse 14 to 15. He speaks of God's terrors, his anger, his destruction, verse 15 to 16. And he speaks of God's encircling him and flooding him, verse 16 and 17. Then in the final verse, there is still no light. You have taken my companions and loved ones from me. The darkness is my closest friend. Darkness is my closest friend. There's nothing left. Phew. That's Psalm 88. It's not cheery, is it? I had a free choice. Craig gave me a free choice of text anywhere in the Bible to preach from today. And I chose this. Why would I do that? Don't think I'm a masochist. The second Sunday of the year, as we've already helpfully heard, it's the beginning of the new year. It's about summer, normally sunshine. It's about light, about New Year's resolutions. There's three reasons I'm giving you Psalm 88 today. Firstly, I chose it. I had a great conversation with a young man a few years ago when I was pastoring with Lincoln Baptist Church. He'd been reading through the Psalms, and he bluntly asked me, I read this, why is that in the Bible? He said, that shouldn't be there. What is going on, he said. So I appreciated the challenge. It wasn't a bit of the Bible I knew particularly well, so I uh, had to study it. Second reason, if you walk into any Christian bookshop anywhere in New Zealand, there'll be a lot of books by well-intentioned, sometimes unhelpful authors that overlook pain and darkness, don't interact with real life, just tell us to live victorious lives now. And then thirdly, in the summer, when everything seems light and fine, it's easier to overlook, I think, the darkness in our own lives. There is much pain and suffering. If you've created a New Year resolution, it won't be about anything to do about pain and suffering increasing. It's not what you're aiming for. It's not what we do. And yet, in 2024, many of us will have significant pain and suffering. That's why Psalm 88 is so valuable to us. We don't know the specifics of the psalmist, what he was suffering for, but that's good because we can then apply it to our own situations. Hello, darkness, my old friend. What can we learn then? First thing to learn, thanks Joseph. The first thing to learn is about prayer in the darkness. The psalmist in verse 18 says that darkness is his closest friend. That's Simon and Garfunkel territory. Yeah, he starts by addressing God. We can, and we should, lay it out before God in times of trouble. Rant, rage against God, just like the psalmist does. That's a good thing to do. Who is this psalmist who is ranting and raging at God? If we look at the heading of the psalm, which is part of the God-inspired text, we see that Psalm 88, if you can see that, is um, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah, for the director of music, according to Mahaleth, Lenoth, a masculine of Heman the Ezraite. A lot of hard words in there. 
that I may or may not have pronounced correctly. Mahalath Lenoth is probably, apparently, the name of the tune to go with the words. A tune translated into English which translates as the suffering of affliction. Sounds like a dark tune, minor key. But who wrote this? Heman the Ezraite. We read of him in 1 Chronicles 6 that he was the lead singer in a worship band of the day called the Sons of Korah. In our day, there is another band called the Sons of Korah from Australia that put music to the Psalms, and they do a wonderful job. Helps me memorize the Psalms really well. Last year, they released an album with Psalm 88 on it. The music they've put to Psalm 88 includes lots of mournful strings, lots of vocal cries. I commend it and the whole work of the Sons of Korah to you. Back in Bible times, the Sons of Korah were a worship band for the Old Testament people of God. And Heman was their lead singer. And he, along with the rest of the band, wrote many of the Psalms. Well, why do I give you that background? To highlight that anyone, anyone can be blinded by darkness. That's our second point. Thanks, Joseph. Depression in the darkness. Depression in the darkness. Anyone can suffer in the darkness. Anyone can suffer with depression. Here in New Zealand, one in four of us are likely to have mental ill health any time. So that means, and I don't know how many people in the room, but that means if we're average, a quarter of us are in anguish and depressed and can relate all too well with Psalm 88. Heman suffered. So do we. So can anyone. Yet Heman wrote some of the Bible. He wrote some of these Psalms. He's produced, therefore, he has produced some of the greatest art in the history of the world. Because of his darkness, he's helped millions of people. He thought that God had abandoned him, yet God has used his darkness to help millions of others, including us in this room, in Alex, thousands of years from when he wrote it. Heman was depressed. He thought the darkness was total. Yet that was his subjective not objective view. His mind was playing tricks on him. For there was then, and there is now, light. That brings us to the third thing that I think we can learn from this psalm. Light overcomes the darkness. It was C.S. Lewis who observed that in a dark shed on a sunny day, the sun will light up part of the inside of the shed because light comes through cracks and holes in your shed. But the sun won't light up all of the shed. We only see glimmers of the light. And God invites us to overcome fear of darkness by standing in the light. As a child, I thought I would love to invent an, invented, uh, an inverted torch. I still do, would love to inv- uh, invent an inverted torch. What I mean by that is rather than shining a torch on a dark night, I'd love to have a torch that can shine darkness. Imagine how good that would be. Um, if you're on the, on, the, on the streets and somebody tries to mug you, you just pull out your darkness torch and shine it in their eyes and they can't see you anymore. <laughs> be amazing. But of course, no such torch can or ever will exist because light always overcomes darkness. You can't project darkness. You can project light. The smallest amount of light, like in C.S. Lewis's shed on a, dark, on a sunny day, The smallest amount of light overcomes the darkness. And what's true physically is also true spiritually. Light overcomes the darkness. We sang earlier that Jesus is the light in the darkness. 
The last verse of Psalm 88 says, darkness is my closest friend. The psalmist is saying, God, the pitch darkness is of more comfort than you. Darkness is a better friend than you are, God. How is that statement evidence of light overcoming darkness? Where is the glimmer of light in here? When you have these prayers in the Psalms, where people are speaking like this, they're screaming, they're angry, they're despondent, they're bitter, and they're talking to God like this. Commentator Derek Kidner says about this, the very presence of these prayers in Scripture is a witness to God's understanding. God knows how people speak when they are desperate. That's gold. The very presence of these prayers, like Psalm 88 in the Bible, tells us a lot. God, by his Holy Spirit, didn't censor this. God didn't take them out. God didn't say, oh, I, don't, oh, I don't want those prayers in my Bible. That's a bit too raw. No, I don't, I'm not having that in my Bible, thanks. I don't want to be identified with people who pray like that. Not at all. By keeping these prayers in the Bible, God does identify with us when we pray like that. He's saying, I'm still the God of the person who prays like that in the midst of pain. That's a glimmer of light. Just a glimmer. And of course, fourthly, the light is strongest in Jesus. Where's Jesus in this psalm? Jesus, not darkness, is our closest friend. Uh, this book uh, is called When Darkness Seems My Closest Friend. It's by Mark Maynell, who works with Langham uh, Preaching, training preachers in Europe and the Caribbean. It's a remarkable book. It weaves his story of severe depression, of being in the cave, as he puts it, with the biblical story of being in the light of Jesus. Just like me commending the sons of Korah, I commend this book to you too. Manel takes verse 18 in our psalm and alters it for the title of his book. It's not, darkness is my closest friend. It's, when darkness seems my closest friend. Perception is not reality. Jesus makes all the difference. We said earlier that Psalm 39 and Psalm 88 appear devoid of hope. Darkness is my closest friend. The end of Psalm 39 says, turn your face away from me, God. Turn your face away from me. Remind you of anything? In Matthew 27, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus Christ on the cross cried out in a loud voice, my God, my God, why have you turned your face from me? Jesus got the ultimate darkness Heman thought he got. Jesus, not Heman, actually did get total darkness. Jesus, not Heman, got the real wrath. Jesus, not Heman, was absolutely and utterly abandoned by God the Father. Why was darkness the only friend of Jesus? Because God wants to forgive us. We deserve to have God turn his face away from us, but he wants to forgive us. When you uh, forgive somebody's wronged you, you have to absorb the debt instead of making that person pay. That's what forgiveness is. For God to forgive us for our self-centeredness and our turning away from God, he himself came to earth as Jesus, paid the debt himself. He took the darkness, the ultimate darkness, 
the ultimate wrath, so that our darkness is never as real as we think it is, is never as dark as his darkness on the cross. Jesus was truly abandoned, so you and I may well feel abandoned, but we're not. In fact, just the opposite. Because Jesus was abandoned on the cross, we are embraced. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and the ultimate darkness was coming on him, and he knew it was coming, he didn't waver. He didn't abandon us. He died for you, and he died for me. That's what we celebrate in communion. And if Jesus didn't abandon you in your dark, sorry, if Jesus didn't abandon us in his darkness, the ultimate darkness, why would he abandon you in your darkness? Hello, darkness, my old friend. That may well be our perceived reality. I don't know the stories, but that may well be our perceived reality. But for Jesus, it was his actual reality. Because on the cross, for Jesus, darkness was his only friend. That means that in your darkness and in my darkness, Jesus is there as our friend. He hasn't abandoned us. Jesus really was abandoned, so although we may feel abandoned, we are not. We have a huge advantage to heaven living this side of the cross. Because of the cross, we can confidently answer those angry and sarcastic those sarcastic questions in the middle of And she's right. She's right. If you know the resurrection is coming, it's not possible to be in utter darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, came to overcome the darkness. Just three weeks ago, we celebrated Christmas. That's what we celebrate every day. So if you're not a Christian, come to Jesus today. Experience the light that overcomes darkness. Jesus can overcome your darkness. Faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is a choice to follow a light, however bright, however faint that light may be. Christian faith is choosing a life that is shaped by the story and person of Jesus, the light of the world. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Simon and Garfunkel have been singing that for 60 years. Disturbed, the American heavy metal band have been making lots of money of it in the last 10 it's the same song that Heman in Psalm 88 sang. If you're a Christian, today we rejoice that Jesus took that darkness for us so that we can live in the light. Hello, darkness, my old friend? No. Hello, Jesus, my closest friend, who took the darkness for me. If you're willing and able, how about we stand to conclude by praying together? So if you're willing and able, let's stand as we pray together. God our Father, thank you that you speak about Jesus God the Son by God the Spirit through the Bible. Thank you for this psalm and how it points us to Jesus. Help us all to live in the light of Jesus for the glory of Jesus and our benefit. May you help us here as Alex Baptist to continue to live in such a way that this whole town, indeed this whole district, is forever changed because of the light of Jesus. Amen. Amen.